Welcome to the Million Praying Moms podcast, where we have conversations about prayer and motherhood for today's Christian mom. I'm your host, Brooke McLaughlin, an author, speaker, teacher, and small town girl from the mountains of Appalachia. Over the years, I've had the privilege of encouraging countless moms toward a richer prayer life, helping them catch a vision for the partnership God invites them into as they become praying moms. It's the combination of the two that makes this podcast different. Not just motherhood, not just prayer, both. Prayer is one of the most overlooked parts of Christian parenting today. And because of that, my goal is to help you see it not as a last resort, but as your first and best response. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to the show. As I am recording this episode, I am looking out the window at two absolutely stunning trees that grace my backyard and bloom only for a few weeks each spring. They kick off their splendor in early April, and by the time May is over, they're done. I think they're some kind of cherry tree, but I'm not sure. They form this gorgeous arch on the back of our property, which is about three acres of land. And I've always said that if you could catch them at just the right time, they'd make a perfect backdrop for a wedding or prom pictures or something like that. They are simply gorgeous. But Unfortunately, they and everything else blooming in southwestern Virginia right now are giving my allergies a heyday. Get it? Hay fever? Allergies? Okay, that's me trying to make a joke. But the point is that my voice is scratchy from all the pollen and glorious blooming everywhere. So I apologize if I sound a little bit more manly than normal. I promise it is not on purpose. Hey, if you love today's show, I want to ask you, you know, in spite of my manly voice, I want to ask you to consider sharing it with a friend, however that works for you. Also, take a minute to rate it and review it because it helps the show reach more moms with a message of hope. Finally, consider partnering with me to build our production budget so we can provide weekly episodes of the podcast by pledging just $5 a month via our Patreon. When you do, you receive a great scripture-inspired prayer calendar and an opportunity to join me in a live prayer session once a month, which is always a sweet time of prayer. So I have with me here today my dear friend, Stacey Thacker, and we just released our newest book together, Unraveled, Hope for the Mom at the End of Her Rope. Our mission with this book is to take moms on a journey from weariness to hope. All right. So Stacy, you are no stranger to this podcast. You've been a guest here multiple times, but in case someone listening doesn't know you, tell us all about yourself and your family. Well, hello, Brooke. It's nice to hear you, no matter how your voice sounds. I'm always grateful to have a conversation with you. So hello, Brooke. Hello, Million Prairie Moms friends. I, if we haven't met yet, my name is Stacy Thacker, and I am a wife and mother of four daughters. They are now, okay, let me see if I can get this straight, um, 12, 16, 19, and 22, I think. So, yes, that's right. That's right. Okay, and our family makes, we live in Central Florida, and we have been here, oh, goodness, for over 19 years. I grew up, a little side note, I grew up in a small town in Southern Indiana. So I always tell people I'm a small town girl, but I live in a more urban area, actually a real touristy area. So it's a very different way than I grew up. But 
we live in Central Florida where everything is blooming all the time. But the good <laughs> news is, is the sun is usually out and um, we love living here. I have have really enjoyed our time in Florida. And I don't think I'm going back north. I think I'm staying here. Um, in On the side, I am a writer and a speaker. And my passion is to connect with women and encourage them in their walks with God. And I'm just so grateful to be here talking to you about this special book and um, just some topics that we feel are hopefully going to encourage you along the way. Yeah, we're really excited about this season. And on that note, all month long, we're going to be talking about getting to the root of weariness, which I think is such an issue for moms. And it, it really doesn't matter how old you are or what season your children are in. Stacy, when you and I first started talking about the weariness of motherhood, it was like 10 plus years ago when we first started having this conversation. And yet we are still weary from time to time, maybe more than we'd like to admit. I think the difference is that we now know what to do with it when it comes. And those are some of the tools that we want to give you guys this month as we talk about that weariness that tends to resurface over and over again throughout motherhood. We want you to recognize what it is, understand why you're feeling it, and identify ways that you can be refreshed. But before we dive into what weariness truly is, I thought maybe we could take a minute to define what weariness is not. Yeah, I think I think weariness is I mean, when you said again and again, I'm like, goodness, I felt it in the last 24 hours. So even though this is something that we have talked about for a long time, I think it is something that resurfaces over and over again and again and again and again. Um, So if you are weary, you are not alone. But I think, first of all, um, weariness is not to me. It's not just being tired. Right. Um, I think there is a sleep aspect to weariness. And I think for me, and this is something I even been realizing more recently, is there is definitely a sleep component. So if you're sleep deprived, whether you have small children that are not sleeping through the night or waking you up several times a night for whatever reason, or if you are waiting up late for teenagers or you're waiting up worrying about older kids that you've launched. And so I do think sleep is a factor, but it's not just being sleepy. I think it is part of it. It's not just needing a nap um, or a break. I think that weariness by definition, and I'm a, I'm a word nerd, Brooke, I know you are too. So hopefully Mm -hmm. our friends will bear with me. Um, So I looked it up in my favorite dictionary because I wanted to be sure I wanted to really nail down this definition for us. So my favorite dictionary is the Webster's dictionary of 1828. Anybody? (laughs) Maybe maybe we can bring back the applause track for this because there you, go. Yeah. Mary. Um, you can find it online. But anyway, this is what Webster's 1828 says. It says, having strength or patience exhausted or the mind yielding to discouragement. So this isn't just when you're tired and you sleep and you wake up feeling better. This is a weariness. It, it It's heavy to me. It is um, exhausting. It's, it's, it's depleting. And I, that word that really struck me was weariness leading to discouragement. Mm -hmm. That's what really, to me, um, is a qualifying difference. It's, it's a weariness that hangs around and it feels almost like a heavy yoke that you're wearing. I don't know if you would agree or not. No, I do agree with that wholeheartedly. I think the word that grabbed me in that definition is when the mind yields to something, it's almost like there's been a, a release of hope. Like, like this is not going to change. It's that I think is how I felt, especially in early motherhood when I would have identified myself as being in a, a season of weariness, not just like a little patch of weariness here or there, but in a season of weariness. 
I felt like this is not going to change. And it's, it's crazy to me when I look back on it now, because Stacey, I have a degree in psychology and a degree in a master's degree in counseling. Like I, I took developmental psychology. Like I know how children develop. I know that we go through stages. I know that they have different, um, you know, different brain development and social development and emotional development as they grow. But I know these things, but in my practical experience of it, somehow there was this thought in my mind that I don't think this is ever going to change. And that for me was the weariest part. Mm. It was, it was not just that I needed a day at the spa. It was that I needed a, a mental and, and heart break or uh, injection of hope that. yeah that would last longer than that and i think um you know to me that definition really just resonates with what i felt in that moment so with that definition in mind let's talk about the first of three roots of weariness that we're going to be discussing over the next few weeks which is a misunderstanding of the role of motherhood in chapter 4 of the book which is titled the marathon of mothering you say this and this is I love all of your quotes in the book, to be quite honest, but this one is really good and I think speaks very much to what we're talking about today. You say, motherhood is not only about raising little people to become thriving, Jesus-loving adults. Motherhood is also about God making me into his faithful daughter. And you relate this concept to the story of the Israelites walking to the promised land from the book of Exodus and taking what you call the long road home, so to speak. So talk to us about what you mean here. Why is motherhood about more than just raising our kids to become godly adults? And why do we kind of get stuck in that? Well, I think I loved what you were saying about your degree background and how you know about childhood development and and all of those important pieces of information. But I think what we forget going into motherhood is we're in process too. We're still developing. And though maybe we're not going to school possibly or learning new trades or whatever, we're still developing it in process for sure spiritually. But especially as a mom, you even from day one, you're learning and growing. And so because you're always learning and growing, I I think for me, the surprise was that motherhood became as much of a learning experience for me as it was for my kids. Did I want to raise godly, God-fearing, Jesus-loving girls? Yes, I pray that every day um, that I see my girls growing in faith and thinking about all the the opportunities I've had over 22 plus years to pour into my kids and help train them. Yes, but I think what I didn't really realize was that God was going to use mothering as a classroom for my heart as well. And it was going to be one of the main things that he used to help me be more like him. And because mothering is not, I think this is where the marathon of motherhood came from, is that it is lifetime. It's not a sprint. It's not a short run. It is a lifetime journey. Once they put that baby, even before they put that baby in your arms and you're birthing the baby either through adoption or through pregnancy, you are learning to become not first, second, third, you know, maybe more down the road than that. You're learning to be humble and take care of the needs of others. And so it's, it's this lifelong journey. I'm still learning about motherhood and I'm, you know, launching adults. And so I think it was just such a surprise to me that God would actually use that season of motherhood to make me more like his son. Yeah. And Um, I think it's important too. like, if, if, if there is a mom listening right now, 
who is, you know, maybe pregnant or, you know, maybe you're trying to have a baby or maybe you're just in those early stages, first few years of motherhood. Wouldn't you just say, Stacey, that it would be a gift to them and their process to just kind of surrender to that? Mm-hmm. Like, just let that be what it is rather than than trying to fight against it or not realizing it. There's a there's a peace that you can give yourself mm-hmm. in just accepting that this is going to be what it is. It is going to be you pouring and pouring and pouring into your children in whatever way God calls you to that is maybe unique to your family, but it is going to be this constant surrender of yourself as well to whatever God is trying to teach you through these kids that he's allowed into your life. So I think there's just that, like, if I could just give a piece of advice to a mom, a young mom, I would say, just surrender to it now. Just accept it now. Accept the plan. Accept where you are right now, wherever that is. And I think if you look back and maybe you're thinking, well, I never really thought about it that way and I've lost so much time. Hey, start where you are. Start where you are and lean in. And the reason that I went to this story in scripture, I was thinking about that idea that mothering is a marathon, that it's a long journey. And I was thinking scripturally, what could encourage us in that journey? And I thought about God redeeming his people, his children out of slavery, out of Egypt. And he takes them on this journey, this long walk that took 40 years. And there's lots of reasons for that. But I think at the core of that is that God was teaching them to be Um, his children. He was teaching them that he was their father and that he was going to take care of them. I think that is what we need to remember is that we are God's children. We are his daughters. And so, of course, he's going to use something like mothering that's a lifetime event, a lifetime journey, very, I think, similarly. And so I just looked at this story of, of the Israelites walking to the desert, and I looked for some things that we could maybe, we could grab onto as God's daughters as well. I think that we can look at truth from scripture and apply it to our lives in a very applicable way. And so when I look at God walking his children through the desert and leading them to their home, their promised land, their future, I see um, three things. I mean, there's more, but this is this is what I came up with is that God has a plan, that he has a pace and that he has provision for us in this journey with him. And I'd be so happy to run those down for you guys very briefly. I can't go into great detail, but I hope that this encourages you. So the plan, I think the basic here is that God has a plan for you. I mean, we all love that verse from Jeremiah 29, 11 that says, God has a plan, a future for you, a hope for you. Um, but God has a plan and he knows the way. And I think that the route that the Israelites took wasn't the shortest or the easiest by design. And I think that mothering is that way too. It's not short and it's not easy, but I'm learning to be faithful where I am. Again, going back and accepting where you are in the journey, where you are along the way. Um, Today for me, that looks like I have two adults. I have a 19-year-old and a 22-year-old who are trying to find their own plan with the Lord. And I'm having to learn, Brooke, really for the first time to step back and you know what? It's so hard. And I'm and, and this isn't an indication of my kids. I think it's just where I am is to step back and let them maybe mess up, maybe yeah. let them fail. Not that my kids are necessarily, but that's a real thing when they say, hey, I think I want to do this. And as as an, a parent of an adult child, you you have to encourage and coach, but allow them to step into something. Maybe you wouldn't you wouldn't advise 
but it's not wrong necessarily. And right. so you're going to let them, and maybe that's not going to work for them. And sometimes letting them fail, that is, whew, that is hard to do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's- I can relate to that on some yeah. level in that, you know, I have an almost 17 year old. I don't have a 22 year old, but you know, th- this, he's driving, he's getting ready to go to prom for the first time. You know, there's, there's these things that he's doing that he's leaving me. He's leaving <laughs> me more and more. And it should be that way, right? It's not, it's not wrong for him to want to do those things. And that's the message that I have to keep telling myself in this space is that these things that he wants to do, they're normal and natural. And he should want to be with different groups of people and, you know, that kind of thing. Not that we never have time with him because we do, but, you know, it's just this learning to move into that coaching space more than that hovering over protecting everything space. It's part of the plan. It's part it of teaching them to be resilient and to be adults and to take ownership for their life. So as God is laying out the mothering plan, wherever you are, and maybe you're looking at your toddler right now, maybe you're sitting in the nursery with your toddler listening to this and you're thinking, this, I'm never going to have an adult. You will. It happens a little bit each day by day, step by step, but just leaning into that plan. I also have um, two younger girls who are still in school. And so um, I'm just in this season, Brooke, of transition. And to be sure there is goodness here and God is faithful, but I need to remind myself that he has a plan even when I can't see it, no matter where I am today on my mothering journey. The second thing, and I love this, is that God sets the pace. Y'all, I am not someone who wants to wait. I pray or I talk to God and I expect him to deliver yesterday. I don't know if you're like that, but God led his people very specifically. Now in scripture, and I often wish this was the case with us, is that in this period, he led them by day with a cloud and by night with a pillar of fire. And sometimes I'm thinking, Lord, just show me the cloud. <laughs> just show me the, yes. the way to go. But he literally not only did the cloud and the pillar of fire show them where to go, it it set their pace because they if it stopped, they stopped. If it moved, they moved. And so sometimes I get this vision of were they going, oh, did the fire move? Is it time to pack up camp and leave? Like they were waiting always for the Lord to advance. And so for me today, I don't have a pillar of fire or a cloud. I mean, like I said, I wish I did. But for me, that looks like prayer. That looks like studying the word. That looks like seeking wise counsel. Um, And this is really hard. It's really hard because I want to know what's going to happen tomorrow. I want to know why yesterday happened. I want to know what's the plan for today. Like waiting is hard. And I just referring back to that time when my kids were little and you just think, oh, if they would just nap, if they would just nap today, if that would be, if we could just do that, I would be a much better parent if my kids would nap. You know, there's always this waiting in mothering. I think it's just a time of waiting. But the thing is, is that we have to trust God for his timing. And he's going to set that pace as we trust him in prayer and the word and community and seeking wise counsel. He will set that pace for us, but we have to wait for him to move. Yeah, that's such a great, great word. And and I think it's really important to note that everyone's pace is going to be different. Yep. It's not going to be the same. You're not going to you're not going to move at the exact same pace as everyone around you. And there may be people who are way ahead of you and there may be people who are far behind you, but God matures us at different rates and we have to give each other grace for that. And that's true for our kids too. That's yep. that same thing we can say for our kids that there's a pace for them as well. Absolutely. It's neat how this applies, not just to us, but to mm-hmm. our kids as well. God's word is like that, isn't it? <laughs> um, okay. And the final thing uh, is the provision. And this part always makes me smile because 
as Israel was leaving Egypt and they were walking in the promised land, they they brought food stores with them, but they ran out really quick because there was like so many of them. And so they were hungry and they were complaining. And I always think about when Israel is complaining for food, they're whining. I'm like, this is my house. Every night at dinner, what's for dinner? What's for <laughs> yeah. dinner, mom? And then like, oh, yeah, we don't really want that for dinner. So can we DoorDash something? You know, like it's it's always this 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 tug. God knows how to get our attention when when food is on the table, right? And so what God did for his people is, again, he rained down provision from heaven. There was literally bread and meat falling from the sky, so to speak. I really wish that was Panera and Chick-fil-A today. I really <laughs> just want to say that. I would be supportive of that. Um, every night. But what that really represented was that God was giving them what they needed. Now for us, um, I think that is true. God does provide for our needs physically, but I really see this provision in our motherhood as spiritual food, as the life-giving manna that we take every day when we spend time in his word, that the word of God is living and active. And when I need encouragement. It's like food for my soul. And so that's the hope. I I parallel this in the book to a runner who's running a marathon. And I don't know if you've ever seen that. I've never run a marathon. I don't know if you have, Brooke. So this is what and and people who have listened to this for a long time will know that I have not because Aaron was the person who was the runner of the duo of the past. And so so, our, our listeners are know full well that I've never run a marathon in my entire life. <laughs> okay, so this is what they tell us is that when you run a marathon, there's these people that are standing beside the road offering you like Gatorade and like granola bars or like high energy snacks. And so when you're running by like runners tell me like, of course, you're going to grab that Gatorade. You're going to chug it and pour it on your head or whatever you need. Like, why would you run by the provision? and not take it if you had a need. And so in my spiritual walk, it's almost like I envision the Lord standing by the side of the road going, oh, Stacey, here's some hope for you today. Here's hope in the form of my word. Do you want to take it? Why would I run by and be like, oh, no, I don't really need that today, Lord. I got this, you know? So I know that's kind of a humorous way to look at it. um, But for me, I'm a visual person. And I think, of course, of course, I'm going to take that hope. And so for me, what that means is I need to access the provision. I need to be intentional with that. I need to, as was God's people, they had to go out and gather what was given every day, except Sabbath. They pulled back on Sabbath, but they had to go out every day to gather. And so I have to be mindful in this place of mothering as I'm running long. 20 years is a long time to run 20 plus years. I have to be intentional about grabbing the provision of hope through his life-giving word that God offers me every single day. Absolutely. Amen. I love that so much. And this next question that I'm going to ask you really, you know, there's a theme here. There's an Exodus theme here. And so I'm going to ask you to talk to us about why motherhood sometimes feels like God is bringing us out into the desert to leave us there, which I know was one of the cries of the heart of the Egyptians, right? They turned on Moses and said, why did you bring us out here to die? And, you know, at various points in the the long road home, they accused him of, you know, or the process of being worse there in the desert on the way to the promised land than it had been for them in the throes of slavery for the Egyptians uh, under the Egyptian rules. So why do, why does it feel like that sometimes? I think the wilderness is just such a picture where we find ourselves. I think mothering can feel that way because at times it's very lonely. I think it strips us bare. 
And I think if you've ever been up with a child late at night and you're alone, I think there's just an aspect of it that feels very lonely, like nobody knows. I think that God allows us to be in a wilderness season in order to teach us to reach for Him. And this may not be true for everyone. Not everyone may find mothering a wilderness season. Maybe for you, it's something else. Maybe it's marriage. Maybe it's friendship. Maybe it's your church situation. But wilderness seems to be a theme throughout scripture that God has allowed and sometimes even woos his children into the wilderness so that he might become their provider, so that he might become their source and their strength, so that he might be the reason that they're singing in the wilderness is because he meets them there. I think helps us to know that we're not alone and it helps us to learn to reach for him. And so I I think for me, um, though I've had other seasons of wilderness through trials and struggle, mothering at times has felt that way. And that can be really confusing when you're when you've really wanted to be a mom, when you really love your kids, that's not in question. But that time when you feel so alone and you are sitting there with your grown-up child or your little one or just really struggling um, with something, it, it can feel really confusing, but it's okay. And that's just a time when you need to know that God is very near. He's very near in those seasons, even though it feels like he's not, you are not alone. Yeah, that's so good. I know for me, sometimes when I've been in the wilderness, I question whether or not the pain and the the loneliness and all the negative things that can go with being in the wilderness, those things that do teach us to rely on the Lord and look to Him for our provision. Sometimes I can question if it's worth it, mm-hmm. if going through that is worth it. So why is the end result worth it? Well, this is easier said than lived. I know this from experience, but it's worth it because of what it produces in our lives. Um, There is a great verse in Romans chapter five, verses three through five. And um, it's a little painful, but I'm going to share it because I think it needs to be said. I know I need to hear it. Um, It says not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And so this is not that all mothering is suffering. Please don't hear this. This is not our message. But if you are in a weariness season, here's what the writer of this, the Apostle Paul is saying. He's saying that our trials and our struggles, our sufferings produce something if we allow it. They will produce endurance and character and and eventually lead to hope. And so that's what we want. We want that in our lives. And we want that for our kids too. Like that's something we're praying for our kids too. But the best way I think for our kids even to learn it is to see it being produced in our lives. So it's worth it. The wilderness season, the weariness that leads through the wilderness and through those times of trials and troubles is because of what God produces in our life. And honestly, scripturally, I would say it's really hard to get to character if you're not going through trials and learning endurance. I don't know if I would say it's impossible, but to me, scripture is pretty clear that this is God's classroom. Yeah, it absolutely is. In our lives. Yep, it is. And I think it's important to note too, that the end result of that cycle, I think as I look at my own life, and I don't know the mind of God, but I think the reason that hope is at the end of that cycle is because we can now look back and see how he's been faithful. And if we can look back 
at the process of the suffering and the development of the endurance and the development of the character, if we can look back on that and say, look at what God has done, then we can have faith that he will do it again. And that's the hope. That's the hope that we need is is knowing that God will do again what he has done before. In his own time, we may wander in the desert again at some point. It's not promised that we won't have to do it again. But that's the end result is is that hope. So that's such a great, great word picture. So Stacey, you know, this podcast is about more than just motherhood. It's about the intersection of motherhood and prayer. So let's take just a few minutes to offer those tuning in today a couple verses that they can pray if they find themselves in the desert during this season of their lives. Mm. Well, Romans 5 through through 5, of course, that's one. That's a bonus. Um, That's definitely one. But for me, I was thinking, I went right to Hebrews. I love Hebrews. And um, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 feels a lot like Israel in the desert or me in my hard seasons. And this is what it says. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. I think weariness lifts when we fix our eyes on Jesus. I think weariness clings to us. And that's definitely been true in my life. But the thing that has shifted, the way that I see the plan, the way that I see the pace, the way that I recognize the provision is when I fix my eyes on Jesus. He's the source and he has endured. And so if I am going to run this race of motherhood, that is a marathon and a lifetime commitment, then I have to fix my eyes on Jesus every single day. Yeah. I love that so much. I I chose a verse to share that also it's kind of in keeping with what we've been talking about today, um, the Exodus. And it's, it's from literally the book of Exodus chapter 14. And in this, uh, in this chapter, what we're seeing is that the Israelites have been running and running from the Egyptians. They've been, you know, they're being led by the the cloud and the pillar and, and all these things. And they're seeing the miracles of God. And then all of a sudden they get stuck between a rock and a hard place. They're stuck between the Red Sea and the Egyptian army who has decided to pursue them and try to bring them back into slavery. And they start to panic. They start to be like, what in the world? How is this possible? How are we going to get out of this one, Lord? And it says, I'll start back in. It it says in verse 10, starting in verse 10, it says, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were Egyptians coming after them. The Israelites were terrified and cried out to the Lord for help. And they said to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Isn't this what we told you in Egypt? to leave us alone so that we may serve the Egyptians. See, their hearts are turning. They're they're scared and they're afraid and their hearts are turning. And I think we have that tendency as moms um, to allow our circumstances to turn us away from God instead of turning us toward God. But this is what Moses said to them. Don't be afraid. Stand firm and see the Lord's salvation that he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptian that you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you and you must be quiet. And in some versions, it says the Lord will will fight for you. You need only to be still. And I love that word picture of, you know, 
girl, the Lord is fighting for you. He mm-hmm. is fighting for you. You may feel hemmed in and pinned mm-hmm. between a rock and a hard place and not be able to see your way out of this weariness that you're in, but the Lord is fighting for you. Stand firm, keep your eyes on him, exactly like Stacy just said, and he will make a way for you. Mm-hmm. And I think that those are just some great reminders for moms. Stacy, thank you so much for being with me this week. We're going to be back next week to talk about route number two, which is hiding behind pride. And that's one of my struggles um, that we'll talk about in, in the upcoming week. If you guys that are listening right now would like a copy of the verses that we just talked about today in the form of scripture inspired prayers, or if you want to purchase a copy of Unraveled, Hope for the Mom at the End of Her Rope, which is our newest book, just head over to our show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. And until then, hang on to hope. Thanks for joining me for today's episode of Million Praying Moms. You can connect with other praying women by following us on Instagram at Million Praying Moms or by visiting our website where you'll find tools to guide you as a praying mom, like our monthly scripture-inspired prayer calendars. Yours for only $5 a month when you become a patron of Million Praying Moms. If you love this podcast and want to be a part of making sure it sticks around and reaches other moms with the message that prayer is not a last resort, but the first and best response to motherhood, consider joining our Patreon family. There are options for everyone, including our $5 a month prayer calendar option, perfect for both the beginner and seasoned praying mom who wants to pray God's word for her children. Depending upon your needs, you can get access to our classes, courses, podcast scripts, discussion questions for each podcast, and even vote on certain aspects related to the ministry of Million Praying Moms. And I also have a free gift for you too. Download your free copy of my resource, How to Pray God's Word for Your Children, when you subscribe to the podcast. It's a step-by-step guide for how to get started praying the scriptures for yourself and your family. If you love this podcast, would you help us reach more moms with our message by leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts? We sure would appreciate it. Find all the links you need at millionprayingmoms.com. Hello, my name's Rachel Carmen, and I want to invite you to come over and listen to my podcast. It's called Real Refreshment. For years and years as a young mother, I chased after the wind, thinking that the world could offer me the refreshment I longed for. But it was only when I discovered it in the person of Jesus Christ that I really found refreshment. Come on over and join me as we dig into Bible study. I'll see you there.